Welcome to Bill Caster's Guide and the anime podcast that's more than a side story. I'm the Macabre Chap, and I'm joined by Super Sentai 5. What's up, everybody? It's Sunglass Pre. Hi, guys. It's the Metafactor featuring minus 50% more common Rider. It's Lambo Calris, president of the Viral Junior fan club. <laughs> <laughs> So today on Buildcaster's Gaiden, it's what you've all been waiting for, we are going to discuss episodes 11 and 12 of SSSS Kuritoma, the love letter to Togasatsu from everybody's favourite anime studio, Studio Trigger. So guys, want to start, what did you think of episode, well 11 first, of SSSS Gridman? Fives? The big shocker of... Yuta really being Gridman, well, Gridman possessing Yuta's body. I think that was like the main highlight right there because he got stabbed, he was comatose, and he just wakes up saying, No, I am, I'm not Yuta. I'm Gridman in Yuta's body. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Like when you say it like that, it's so dumb. <laughs> it is. That's literally like, what he said, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But you don't understand. <laughs> I'm, my, I'm myself, but I need to be myself and another dude. <laughs> don't you get it, homie? I need to be myself and someone else. <laughs> I grip man, damn. <laughs> like, chill, boy. That's pretty much it. That's the main thing what really happened. And, um, well, of course, Akane... In the end, gets turned into a kaiju. Well, yeah, there's that. That's the massive, like, shock factor moment within that episode. Lambo. All right. Yeah. Is it me or are they missing over some really big parts in episode 11? I mean, as president of the Viral Junior Fan Club, <laughs> I feel that is only right that we talk about, first off, how he walks into the hospital. Like, hey, I'm here to protect y'all because I owe Gridman that. Absolutely. Well, we don't like you because you're a kaiju. You kill people. Hey, man, shit happens. So, y'all still need somebody to protect y'all? I figured. Now, put, get your hands off me. And he Dude. went out there, and he beat every kaiju grid man fought up until that point. Every single one. Just like yeah. it was nothing. Talk about that for a sec. Except, except for, like, the giant mountain one. But Yeah. But can you First fucking off. blame him? I think, I think the thing that got me the most hype the most hype was the fact that he got his own grid man growth introduction. Yes. Yes, he, he got it right. Yeah, he did got his own rise sequence. That was pretty My fucking dope. My man had his arm folded. Ooh, <laughs> no fist up. No like, oh, look at me. I'm reaching for justice. No, he's saving them hands because when he get bigger, he going to give them to you. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was fantastic. That was, was absolutely so fantastic. I yelled at my TV and my and my Google Home to rewind it to the part, and I was so high, I literally like jumped out my shirt. It was amazing. My favorite part of that animation is you see him running, and then it instantly like, or that may have been the next episode, but there's one sequence where he transforms where you just see him running. And then all of a sudden there's this giant flash of red light and then he's running, but as this giant grid knight form, and it was so cool. <laughs> uh, I believe that was episode 12. But yeah. no, is that episode 12? I know it happened I it somewhere is. and I was screaming. Yep, it was episode 12. I was yeah. screaming when that happened. 
Oh, but I love in episode 11 how, like, he's, like, you said how he's in the hospital, and he's like, I'm here to protect you guys. And uh, Utsumi's oh, no, like... that was episode 11. That was episode 11. Yeah, was it was. Because okay. it turns yeah. straight into... Hey, this is an audio podcast, so y'all can't see this, but I had to post the gear one more time. Oh, Lord, look at it. <laughs> Dude, I I'm came sorry. with the bias. Please, take him off. Me, I know, too. I want that, too. I love how he was in the hospital, and, you know, Utsumi's being a dick to him. He's like, you're that kaiju, you kill people. And he's like... Well, I'm doing it to protect you, first of all. Second, what's an apology? Well, Utsumi <laughs> like, throughout the whole of episode 11 and parts of episode 12, too, is really projecting the fact that he feels completely helpless in all this. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Because Rika is is Akane's friend, and so she's there to try and help Akane convince her to stop being a bad person anymore. And, of course, Shuda's grid man and all the other support weapons have their use. And he's just there. And when he realizes, like, the scale of the attacks and the fact that people die from them, he just feels really awful about himself for cheering on the fights and being, like, <laughs> hype about them because he's like, oh, man, people are dying. And then when he realizes that, he takes it out on Anti. He's just like, I love watching this on TV, but when it's real life, it sucks. And it's yeah. all the kaiju's fault. So he points there's, at the first kaiju who who he sees. It's hilarious because there's actually a line in episode 11 where I think it's Boar is like, well, if this was the Ultraman franchise, what would happen next? And he's completely <laughs> silent. And of course, my dumbass is like, well, Yuta's is probably going to have some sort of big epiphany while he's asleep and then come back and gain some new power up. That'll take us into the finale. And guess what fucking happens? What I just wanted to say about episode 11 um, that it does so well is even though it's the penultimate episode, um, like the kind of tone of it, it still manages to feel like kind of understated in a sense, like everything's done quite casually. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yet still like it's still this big crescendo leading up to the final episode. And obviously the massive wham moment is Akane being turned by Alexis Kerub into a kaiju, which was like, oh my goodness, wow, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when she comes out of that chrysalis? Mm. So, yeah. Ash? Yeah, go on, Mel. I'm not Mel. Can I uh, go on, Lambo? Go backwards just a quick sec? Yeah, absolutely. Go on. I I wanted you to kind of peel back what you meant by as casual. There may be some folks out there in podcast land who may not have gotten that feeling that we did. I kind of find it hard to define in words, but... Can, can I attempt something? Because that made me think of something. Go on, Priya, and then I'll, I'll come back in afterwards. It, it feels like the focus of episode 11 is on sort of solidifying this idea of duty and responsibility. So at this point, everybody's really settled on this is what I have to do. This is what I'm here for. Anti finds his purpose as Grid Knight. Um, Rika finds her purpose as going out to try and find Akane because she's like, despite everything that happened, Akane is still my friend and I want to be there for her. And Akane realizes that she doesn't actually want to make Kaiju anymore. And then Yuta finally wakes up and discovers that, oh, I'm Gridman after all, surprise. So it, it's sort of like at this point, everybody knows exactly what they need to do. And I, to me, that's what makes it feel understated is the fact that you don't have any of this internal monologue. You don't have, except for Utsumi, people brooding over this it's just here's what we got to do let's make it happen yeah that's pretty much kind of what i meant what i also meant is that they basically spend the episode um on like character development and a little bit of world building and building the conventions of obviously how like gridman works in this universe etc 
as opposed to spending it on high drama and fights as one would expect from a penultimate episode. That's what I meant by the episode feeling a little bit understated. But Oh yeah, there's all, all of the boss rush that Anti is doing is entirely in the background. Like we see clips from it, but we don't watch the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. But you damn well appreciate it. You're goddamn right you appreciate it. If I'm yeah. doing your fan club, stand up. <laughs> now, what I was going to say is like absolutely like Anti's fight is like a B plot almost whereas the primary plot of the episode is character development and like really well done character development which obviously sets the stage for episode 12 and the climax of episode 12 which don't even get me started on the ending because it left me with so many questions and I was kind of dissatisfied with it in a sense but also like felt it was the best conclusion that the show could have had and that it was incredibly well done but we'll come on to that when we talk about episode 12 but go on by um, the way thank Rambo. you so much thank you so much for allowing me to be devil's advocate yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh did you not like That's the all. ending thank you no thank you no, I'm yeah. saying thank you for liking the episode for it uh, oh, I mean okay. I like an episode yeah. answer my question for me so yeah I don't fan club. no problem you did that for them. 12 was to me, coming from the start, I thought that it was... I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. But just like you, there's just some answers to questions I don't have that I need. I think one of the big issues with episode 12... So, so I guess we're talking about episode 12 now. Are, is, are um, we now? Basically, guys, just sum up... Uh, what okay. you feel uh, about 11? episode oh, yeah. 11 Byron and then... Jr. setting it off was amazing um, <laughs> Lexus finally pulling out his final plan oh, quote unquote final plan was a nice touch seeing Akane kind of go through those cycles and everybody finding out, I mean not finding out but Utsumi finding his self worth yeah pretty much Something that she starts asking that question what do I do for Team Gridman other than just give it a name mm. what part do I do yeah. and then of course I'm always going to rep that you know, we get to see three of Grid Knight's new specials. Yep. Just yeah. Back to back. Grid Knight's like version of Grid Beam is fucking sick. What well, Grid Knight Storm, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. And then he yeah, also gets so. his own version using Samurai Caliber as a sword. Oh mm. yeah, that was awesome. That was sick. Oh, that was so fucking amazing. That was so good. And, and t- he turns it red. He's like, first off, it <laughs> needs to match me. Second off, I'm gonna hold it like a ninja. Third off, oh. And he also has basically like an ultra slicer as well. Grid Knight Circular, which is fucking sweet. Like Grid Knight is all, like Grid Knight's finishes are almost better than Gridman's finishes. Now, nah, fuck it. They are better than Gridman's they finishes. Are. <laughs> <laughs> End of discussion. And every time I see him, for all the folks who've seen Grin Lagan, you just get this because Trigger has this thing of kind of like splashing a little bit of stuff in the other. I get this Lazengan feel That's every exactly time what I see him. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. This, this motherfucker pouring out so much spiral power. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, get a spiral king. Get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm to throw my shoe around over here. But like in his, it's just how fluid his moves are. I'm just like, but y'all ain't slick. And he's extremely limber too. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to say one thing I really like about Grit Knight versus his kaiju form is that mm. the change in combat almost reflects his change. Because when he starts understanding, he starts becoming a lot limber. He's slimmer and limber, and he starts meeting all these amazing requirements to do all these amazing feats. As in his kaiju form is yeah. very bulky. 
mm-hmm. and very. I mean, I saw I've done research and I found out where he was inspired from in terms of his design, but mm. just kind of watching that transitional yeah. change into Grit Knight as like a physical representation of his character change, I thought was dope. I like what Lambo pointed out about Grid Knight being a lot more limber and acrobatic in his fights, because that sort of reflects how the fights in Gridman change in general. Because at the beginning of the show, like Akane loves kaiju and loves kaiju fights. So all the fights that she creates and that Gridman fights against take that form where everything that's animated looks like it could be guys in suits. And then episode 10 changes that where we get a character, we get a kaiju that behaves completely differently because it's something that evolved out of Akane's feelings within the computer world. And the same thing happens with Grid Knight. So it's cool to see that as a comparison in the actual animation. I just wanted to add that on to what Lambo was saying. Ash, I warms my heart. I have a very important question. Go on. Can we name this episode Alexis play Despaccio? Ah! <laughs> That's the sound of physical uh, pain. <laughs> I have had this inside of me since the beginning of this I, podcast. I haven't decided no. what to call the episode yet, to be perfectly honest. Yo, all these uh, all these Amazon Echo jokes are flowing through my brain now. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Alexis, play death. Uh, Alexis, make kaiju. Okay, making kaiju. <laughs> Fucking 3D printer. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, would we like to move on to episode 12? I believe so, I guess. Okie (laughs) dokie. Yes, let's move on to episode 12. So, shout out to episode 12 being like one of the greatest pieces of art we have had in a while. It was artistically beautiful. (laughs) It was very artistically beautiful. It went from from our age... To a shout out to the past, to the shout out to an alternate universe. You was like, hot damn. Dude, as soon as the um the original acceptors came like materialized on every single one of them, I was like, oh my god, I know exactly what's gonna happen right now. Boy, when I saw Big Pimpin, <laughs> get it? I was like <laughs> I heard those fucking synth trumpets yep. and just I was like, wow, they're playing the original theme song. They're not playing like, like these cover. I thought they were going to play OXT's cover at first, and then... Because nope. we had been joking about that since the beginning of the series. Yeah. Oh, they had better use the original You May Know Hero. Yeah, they but then they did! did. <laughs> the Mad Men actually did it! <laughs> and that was a very, very good fight. Oh my god. The yeah, fight was, was intense. It was amazing. I, if there was one thing that surprised me about the episode, it was how quickly they got rid of Akane's kaiju form. Because I expected that to take most of the episode, them trying to talk her out of her depression. <clears throat> And that actually right. happened I'm, fairly quickly. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that Viral Jr. beat Akane's. Yeah. No, but notice how he beat her. He didn't actually fight her directly. All he pointed out was, hey. Wake look, up. Wake up. Wake up. I'm a better person I care about you. It's it. He pointed out, look, you made me. I'm one of the creations from your heart. And I turned out to be a good person. So if I can make it, you can too. And that's what wakes her out of it. It's really cool. It is really cool. As for the um, title of this episode, it's either going to be SSSS Tentacion or Grid Villainy. <laughs> so I haven't decided yet. Tentacion is good. That's pretty good. That, that's actually really good. So yeah, it'll be SSSS Tentacion. That'll be the name of the episode. That has to be the title. I don't know, man. I'm still feeling that Alexis played Spacho. 
<laughs> nah. I feel like it'll cause many people pain. Meta, this is mine and five's podcast. Well, mine, five's and pre's podcast. So we decide. Demon. We are the final I'm arbiters. I'm gonna hack that shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst at coming try. up with names for stuff, even when I was writing articles. Like, that was honestly what would take me the longest, is sitting there and trying to figure out what the hell to title my article. I'm pretty good at coming up with names, so it's so never been a problem. Auntie, just, like, busting in. And honestly, oh, I, feel yeah. like he could, I feel like he could have taken on uh, Akane's Kaiju physically as well, because he <laughs> yeah. was just smacking it around. He even, like, broke open the mouth. He's like, ah, oh, I see yeah. what I'm doing now. Yeah, Akane's kaiju form got molly whopped. Absolutely <laughs> molly whopped. <laughs> Real ban. Yep. I think it's also interesting to note that unlike the kaiju from episode 10, which was like this really horrific monstrous force of destruction, her own kaiju form wound up just being sort of this blob because it really sort of demonstrates that her primary character flaw isn't necessarily that she hates people or she wants to destroy the world it's just that she feels like she's helpless and that she can't do anything and that's what ends up getting sort of magnified into this monster form by alexis on her inside she a old ugly nobody Aww. that's what alexis <laughs> made her feel like yep, yeah that's that is yeah, pretty much mm-hmm. see i can understand that i've seen people Junior just came back. Like, i've been there and done that Exactly. What I actually found intriguing is how, in the episode's climax, is how Akane in the real world actually physically resembles Rika in the yeah, yeah, um, imaginary yeah. world. And kind of like how they, the um, body she made for herself in the imaginary world or in the world that she created um, is basically an idealized version of her world. When in reality, the person who she was in reality was Rika, if you see what I mean. So, well, yeah. too, because kind of, she also made Rika kind of an idealized, perfect person as well. She yeah. says mm-hmm. multiple times, like, oh, Rika, you're such a good girl. I know that's why we're friends. So, and so if she actually does see herself as Rika, then I think that just goes further to demonstrate how she just wanted that friendship. Pretty much, which basically shows that like Rika and Akane um, in reality are two versions of the same coin. Um, Akane is basically the physically um idealized version of herself of the girls like it's how she sees herself in terms of physicality and aesthetics whereas rika is the perfect version of herself in terms of personality so yeah go on lambo are you saying that we just watched anime version of foster's home for imaginary friends Ah! pretty much yeah rika is fucking blue regard kukazoo pretty much yeah Yes. Yes. <laughs> is this what you're telling me? That's exactly what I'm telling you. I hate the way you think. I, I will not that. stand for this. <laughs> I will not stand. Because as soon as he started saying it, I was just like, his eyes are blue. So is blue. Blue. Oh, God. <laughs> blue regard you, Kazoo. So who else, when, uh, when they got to the final fight, you know, Gridman's like, Wait a minute! My power isn't to fight and destroy. I fix things, and he starts I using the fixer. A beam. little upset, Chief. I, I was just like, "Yo, we Alexis is like that Trojan, and he's like <laughs> AVG over here, just like wiping shit out." Um, we have been. I, I remember when I did my live tweet and when I did my article for the first episode, I pointed out. Because um, they had the monster fight and then everything was fixed at the end. 
And the first thing that Rika says before the end of the first episode, before they cut, was, did Gridman do this? Did he put it all back together? And I pointed out that that's what he does in the original series, is that at the end of every fight, he does the fixer beam thing and everything goes back to normal. And then they never mentioned the fixer beam for the entire series. And so we eventually got to be thinking, this has to be a plot point of some kind. And then it turns out to be a plot point. But I can totally understand people who are coming into this with zero knowledge of the original who think that this is a giant ass pull. I, I was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's I was just like, he went antivirus. <laughs> like, well, the I'm... other thing is that we can also see sort of that same effect in different ways in that Gridman is there to fix things and to help people, not to just destroy things. Because we see that people who interact with Yuda, people who come into contact with Gridman, people that Gridman saves specifically, go on to become better people. And then Akane slowly loses control of the city because of that. So even though he's not directly using the fixer beam, we still see it in some small ways throughout the whole series. But Bree, I'm I'm me, much like the other people who watch uh, Gritman, don't really think about it super deep because we slow. We need like physical <laughs> representations. We yeah. need to see, uh, we need to see like him do a beam and it have a little bit of a specter in it. And every time oh, he killed yeah. a, a kaiju, something got fixed. That would have just made more sense to us. This is one thing I was wanting to bring up at some point during the podcast is that I think I mentioned this in previous podcasts, but one thing I really like about Subaraya Productions shows and writing, especially what Hasegawa does with a lot of stuff that he's worked on, is that they play metaphors really, really literally. And so through a lot of this endgame, I was thinking, how literally are they going to take the concepts of this show? Like, how literal are they going to play the idea that Gridman and Yuda are partners? How literally are they going to play the idea of teamwork between the Gridman Alliance? How literally are they going to take this concept of the difference between kaiju and humans that Akane pointed out in episode, I think it was episode 10? And it turns out that they take it pretty much exactly literally, which is cool to see. (laughs) So that's my, I'm done. (laughs) But I'm going to say it again, Pre, I'm slow. I need to see some physical representation. Sometimes <laughs> feelings aren't enough for me. I love you, and you are 100% correct, ma'am. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh-huh. But people like me who are slow just need to see a little <laughs> bit. We just need to see some some something happen that kind of shows it for us. Some shiny um, lights. I was going to say, one of the, yeah, sh- shinier lights, like the ones that was outside <laughs> the Queens. Oh, was it Queens or was it in Harlem? It was, it was, it was Queens. Like, Grid man was fighting over there, but <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to say was, and I think that I overall, especially with episode 12, one of the biggest problems I think I've had is something I think a lot of shows that do a homage does is that they kind of play it a little bit to the ear of like the old school fans so they don't give us a taste of enough. Because, once again, the Fixer Beam did feel like an ass pull. But I would have loved Fixer to be part of something in the plot. Where we have learned it earlier, or presented it to me earlier. Or, like, at this, either, like, episode three. It could have been a password, an access code, or something. That could have been an answer. And it just could have been something way thought on the back. And then, all of a sudden, we got it in the finale. That would be pretty cool. This would have been, that would have been a way to kind of just bring it on home. Mm. The problem with homage series and stuff like that, and you've probably seen this a lot with comic books, is that a lot of writers tend to do a shout out to folks 
in the past. Hey, you remember this from yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. day. Here's this little nugget for you. Or we're going to introduce this as a little nugget you didn't know about. But the problem is, is that for a newer age who doesn't know that reference or doesn't know that feeling, it kind of comes off. Ugh, that was bland. I don't know. I still feel like this makes is sense. accessible and understandable for people who haven't seen this stuff before. But then again, I've already been so steeped in this style to begin with. I'm probably not the best judge of that. Well, which is why I say you got it a lot more than somebody okay. slow like me. That's true. I see what you mean. What I will say is that in terms of um, episode 12, I think my favorite part was when they all came together and formed like classic Gridman as Bro, opposed to Junior was like on life alert and he did it. Oh! <laughs> that was so yeah, sick. Yeah, dude. <laughs> if my man was about to flatline, he was like, they're like, oh. Uh, he was looking like Drake after so, uh, so the Story of Adonis came out. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. dying, just a life alert. Just, oh. And I actually quite like the fact that Gridman's complete form is actually like classic Gridman. Like Gridman, at, that's Gridman at his full power. Fuck yep. yeah. The true hyper agent. That's so fucking sick. The Fixer Beam was a bit of an ass pull though, but at the end of the day, like to be perfectly honest, the series was only 12 episodes long and I feel like they had to res- have some sort of resolution for the series. And that mm, was that plot device was probably the best way they could have got it done. I, I definitely feel like this show could have stood to have maybe like another handful of episodes to sort of flesh yeah, out absolutely. the characters and the setting and the characters a little bit. I would have loved to learn about the ancient kaiju that were there. The ones that were there that was just chilling, who hangs out with Auntie at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Give Auntie a new eye. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what I know Phyllis what Jr., about... right? No. She didn't give Auntie the new eye. No. Remember he just when they grew it? Oh, yeah. yeah. He got the hyper agent when he came yeah. back out of. That's true. Yeah. I think that eye just means he's part of Gritman now. I think it, so. It just means that he has that different human color. heart now that separates yeah. him from the other kind. Yeah. Like, uh, um, Anti's, like, newly acquired heterochromia, I think that basically officially establishes him as the new Gridman or a new Gridman. He's going to keep track of things after Gridman leaves. I honestly think that's the most surprising part of the finale is the fact that everything stays there after Gridman leaves. Because I really expected that whole city to just disappear when the characters left. And obviously the real Yuta wakes up as well. With no Yeah. Um... Which is quite interesting, but we don't actually like get to see him speak or Spray. or have yeah. any like feelings or hear any of. It. Uh, sorry, we don't really get to see him speak or hear any of his thoughts or feelings. They like leave that open to the imagination. That's actually quite interesting, and I felt that was quite an interesting um, plot choice or storytelling device. That a lot of it is open to our interpretation. And with the ending? Of course you have your nits and picks, but overall, oh yes. If this was the Emperor's New Groove, I would be John Goodman's character. <laughs> mm, he's so good. <laughs> what I will say I definitely didn't like, though, was the fact that they didn't address um, Yuta and Rika's feelings for each other. Maybe that's the shipper in me, but I would have liked to have seen that romantic situation resolved before they ended the anime. What about Alexis? Where is Alexis from? Is that more like him? They, How they long never, is he I don't know. Yeah, they never addressed that, that either. I'm the same place that Con Digifer was from in the original series, but yeah. they never explained that either. So Why the fuck did he only just get legs? Why didn't he get like a cool evil 
Gridman suit. Why the fuck did he just get legs? Again, that's how the original series went. I'm a little upset. (laughs) So what I will say is maybe we'll get like a movie re-edit of the SSSS Gridman series that maybe adds in some new animation and adds in some backstory because um, Trigger don't usually tend to make second seasons or sequels to their shows, but what they did do... um, Oh, no, sorry. Uh, but what they could do is obviously like make a movie version, Geki Joban or whatever. Who knows? But um, we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed we do get more SSSS Gridman because it was a great anime. I just think that its length kind of hampered it somewhat in terms of its storytelling. And it could have achieved a lot more if it had another 12, 13 more episodes. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So guys, do you want to just give your um, final thoughts on episode 12? And then we'll go into like... Given our final thoughts on the series as a whole, how does that sound? Sounds good. Okay, well, uh, let's start with Sentai Five. I'll probably go last since I'm like. Yeah, I have guy. to. I have to kind of jet right now, so I'll give my. I'll give both very brief. Okay. Uh, the, go on. the finale. It was still pretty decent, despite all the little problems here and there. I think it gave the best resolution as we discussed possible because. To be honest, I really thought Akane was actually going to sacrifice herself, but instead she just left, and that was it. And that's pretty much it. Uh, I liked how they Gridman's true form was the original Gridman suit. Uh, that was a nice uh, little uh, connection that they did. But overall, the series was pretty good. I'm not going to say it was perfect, because there were some things that just uh, didn't really go well with me. But aside from that, hopefully... We get like a little OVA or something uh, about Anti, maybe, with him just operating as Grid Knight post-series. I'd like to see that. So that's pretty much it. That's beautiful, Five. That was beautiful. Thank it you. brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> Thank you. Fives, that was perfect. So I, I mentioned that I was really surprised that nothing disappeared at the end of the finale, that that city is still just there in the computer world. The other thing that really surprised me about how they wrapped up the finale was the fact that the whole city and everybody in it was revealed to not actually be humans. They're all just inhabitants of the computer world that Akane like shaped into people and that they somehow gained sentience both from their interactions within that city, but also from you know coming in contact with Gridman and all that stuff. I just found it really interesting that, cause I expected everything to be like a copy of the real world and it may be on some level. But to leave it as sort of the self-contained thing that can still exist after the series, I think is a really cool idea and makes the ending a lot more upbeat than how I expected it was going to end. As for how it ended, I mean, I agree with you guys in that there's a lot of questions that it leaves behind that could have been answered that I kind of wish they followed up on. But I still feel like the overall main themes of the show and the emotional impact it had still work perfectly fine without all the questions answered. It did what it had to do in 12 episodes. Hmm. Lambo? Uh, zero out of 10 for episode 12 because we didn't get Grit Night Max. Uh, overall... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I enjoyed episode 12 just as much as I enjoyed the, just the overall. And my overall feeling of it is, is that I'm I'm satisfied. I didn't get a lot of like the answers I really wanted, but I'm content with how it went. I loved how it started and all the paths that it gave me. Sure, it uh, had, I don't want to say little bumps. 
Uh, there were some parts there that I think could have splashed and made it here or there, but that's just Lambo being silly. As a show about almost this tokusatsu feel of fighting kaiju in this giant robot fashion, it feels right. And as a tokusatsu fan, it feels good. Like, I get all of that in this anime feel, and I don't feel like something is left out. The finale and the final fight for that with the suit was mwah. And it just wraps up into this big, nice homage of 12 episodes that you get to enjoy. And I, I like that. Man, you guys took like all the words away, so I can't use anymore. It's like, man. Keep them right. again, keep and I stole your grit night joke. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, overall, episode 12 was um, good for me. If I had to give it like a rating, it'd probably be like an 8.5 out of 10. Absolutely love the animation, the final fights. Um, I guess like me and Limbo said, we didn't know about the fixer beam. So, you know, I thought he was just being like some Norton antivirus asshole ass, ass pull going on. I was like, OK, that's a little weird, but I guess it works since they're in the digital world. And uh it came together really nicely and I don't really mind the questions not being answered because that, I don't, I don't know. I love the idea of that to where like you piece it together on your own. Um, that's why I like watching animes that make you do that. Yeah. It's you pretty know? cool. Maybe go. It's like playing a game, read the item descriptions, figure something out. But basically um, like the writers give you some homework to do. F- F- yeah, they do. Um, the best way that I can draw that to is like cowboy bebop is how people always argue about that ending, but we never know concrete proof. We do have concrete proof. Uh, the, the, the star fades out, Spike dies. End of discussion. There's nothing more to say on the Cowboy Bebop ending. Spike dies. No, you can't argue against it. Oh, like such as what? Hmm? Is what was going on with Jet and everything else. Oh, but, okay, uh, fair enough. I thought you were just referring to the ending of Cowboy Bebop. Anyway, back onto Gridman. <laughs> Yeah, back on the Gridman. I love it when... Did you they see that anger that just came out of him for a second? Yeah. I know, dude. Was, <laughs> can we man. can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> can we just talk about how you almost turned into the Incredible Hulk, motherfucker? <laughs> there were certain anime topics that I'm like sick and tired of talking about. The ending of Crab Boy Bebop is my... one of them. Ash's this hand is an awesome power. It's, it's more than just a hand. <laughs> Meta, he was going to grab you through the computer. <laughs> I love you, Ash. I yeah. love you. Like, you literally. got the yeah. passion. You have passion that I love. I need this more in my life in 2019. Literally, like my Please. two my two berserk button topics are the ending of Cowboy Bebop and Evan- Neon Genesis Evangelion. Those are like the two things you can't talk to me about. I was, was going to talk about Eva a little bit when we talk about the series as a whole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can go. Yeah, you can do that. But um, sorry, let Matt finish. Yeah, I know. I was oh, no, I'm done. Okay, so then, like, wait, has Lambo spoke about what he thought? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, if you want me to recap, zero out of ten, Grit Knight Max didn't show up. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, for me, for me, I thought episode twelve was the best possible conclusion that a series could have had. Um, considering it was only twelve episodes, I felt like it tied everything up in a relatively nice little bow. Obviously, there are myriad questions left that we have to do some homework on for ourselves an answer that the writers have left for us and that's their little gift um however i thought episode 12 was pretty good i really really liked when um auntie 
Gridman and the assist weapons all joined up into Gridman's like true form and that it was the original Gridman suit as opposed to obviously the um, SSSS Gridman incarnation of Gridman. That was pretty cool. The Fixer Beam does seem like an arse pull to anyone that doesn't have prior knowledge of the original Denko Chojin Gridman live action series. But if you think about it and think back to the original, then it's technically not an arse pull and it's a very clever bit of referencing. Um, to the original series now the way in, the manner in which it's used in episode 12 it is a bit of a deus ex machina but obviously it's always been there in gridman's power set and now that he's obviously think about it if he's fully combined back to his true form um he would obviously have access to that power within his power set so it's quite a clever bit of referencing by the writers who obviously have a deep knowledge of the original gridman series so yeah all in all episode 12 was good I'd probably give it a solid Nick's junk out of 10. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'd give it a solid um, 7.5. Uh, no, actually, no, I'd give it a solid 8.5 out of 10, like meta. Um, and it was the best thing, it's the best conclusion that the series possibly could have had, considering its truncated run of episodes um, 12 as opposed to 24. So, yeah, go on, guys. Give your thoughts on the series as a whole so we're going to do ladies first we're going to start with pre and then lambo meta and then finally me uh i feel really bad for complaining about people making evangelion references when this series first dropped because there i feel like there really are a lot of fair comparisons you could make between neon genesis evangelion and this show there's a lot of really similar themes about social isolation, about identity, about duty and responsibility that I feel that you can make a connection between. But the purpose and the theme of Gridman is so totally removed from what Evangelion tried to do. Because Evangelion ultimately ends with this idea that people in humanity are fundamentally isolated and removed from each other and that we can't understand how other people feel and just that sort of tone. And with Gridman, it's the complete opposite. It's the fact that we need those connections that people fundamentally like crave and require that ability to reach out to other people, to be supported by other people, to actually be a full independent human being. Like Akane doesn't have the strength to leave the computer world until she knows that all of her friends are behind her. And even all the, after all the stuff she's done, they realize that and she knows it. So even though she's done terrible stuff, they know that the only way for her to move on from this and get better is for them to support her. And so that's what happens and that's how things get fixed. So I just felt like that was a really powerful thing to end it on. So even if we don't know the whole nature of the computer world or how Gridman works specifically, we know that at least. And that's where the real strength of the series comes from. Thank you, Pri, for saying everything I wanted to say. I love having <laughs> teacher on board man she just get to say everything and my little dumb ass could sit in the back like yeah <laughs> i get to talk about them slapping each other now <laughs> one of my one of the things i think that should be mentioned or said is our favorite moments from Gridman. fair enough what is a part you thoroughly enjoy to the point where you had to wind it back just oh. rewind it Come on, we can talk about it. The um, full-powered Gridman, Gatai, and Finisher. Okay. Cause First it gave introduction? Me... Yeah, because it gave me flashbacks to Brave Express Mike Gain. So, yeah. Okay. And I love the Brave series, so, yeah. For being totally honest, the one that I actually did rewind 
was actually in episode 11 where you got Viral Jr. just beating the shit out of all the kaijus. You know what? That's what these... I was going to say, too. That's exactly what I was going to say was Auntie's boss rush was something mm-hmm. I had to watch multiple times. Like, one kaiju fight, you're just like, yeah, seen it looked pretty nice, but that, I'm just like, damn, boy! I his entire see some of them frames. His entire B-roll was used as, like, his demo reel. Why should you join the hyper agent did you, Nate, did you see this <laughs> one of my favorite bits of that fight was that he defeats all the the first half kaiju really easy like just fucking steamrolls through them and then he's and then he gets hit and knocked down by the kaiju that he specifically created dude yeah, yeah. trying to kill grinbane and just like even though he's in full grid night form and doesn't actually have facial expressions you can tell what kind of facial expression he has looking at the thing that he created now attacking him he's just like ah shit that's some bullshit <laughs> <laughs> now i gotta give you this fresh ass finisher so so some 25 year old black dude could jump on his couch going <laughs> I, I can I can confidently say that there is a 28 year old white woman doing the same thing. Oh boy, <laughs> Meta, your favorite moment from the series so far? That, that was mine. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I was the one that said it. Free just like stole it though. Uh, God damn it! Free just like I'm gonna hijack this real quick. Uh, you could have jumped, Meta. You jumped in and you splashed hard. Don't lie. Who who, who who's got to give their final thoughts on the series? I think it's. Uh, I think it's Matt or me. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, because you asked me to go first. Yeah. So go and on, in Matt. the process of us, and in the process of us saying episode twelve, we ended up saying how we felt about the series as a whole. It just kind of <laughs> bleeds like that, Ash. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's all right, man. So twelve. Twelve was like the lid, and it just makes you reminisce on it. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I what I will say about um gridman as a whole is that it is undoubtedly like a love letter to not just the original denko children gridman but tokusatsu in general from the way that the um fights are choreographed well not choreographed but from the way that the fights are animated as if they were actually as if they were an actual live action tokusatsu that had proper fight choreography from the way that the um characters are written like they get an inordinate amount of character development within the short span of 12 episodes from the way that they reference other tokusatsu, other mecha anime, um, the original Gridman, uh, just in general. Like the thing is an absolute passion project and it definitely shows in the final product. As an anime, I will say that it's not without its problems. And I would say that most of the problems are down to the fact that it only has a 12-episode run. Um, it feels like the anime is not as expansive um, as or ambitious as it could have been because of that truncated episode run. But it does really well for what it actually is. That's what I will say about the anime. I mean, that reflects on the score that I gave it on Annie List, which was 7.5 out of 10. Really and truthfully, I really and truthfully, Gridman is one of those anime that could easily be a 9 out of 10 if it had had that room to be more expansive and to be more ambitious in terms of both its narrative, um, 
its context and its callbacks to Tokusatsu and to the previous Gridman series um, and obviously the development of the characters but the lower score that I gave it is reflected in the fact it's really hampered by its short episode run that's pretty much all I've got to say in many ways this was I feel a gamble both on Trigger and Tsuburaya's part because this basically got made because the director really really fucking loves Gridman (laughs) And Tsuburaya really committed to that. They brought in veteran writers. They brought in veteran designers for both the design for Gridman himself and for a lot of the kaiju. Those are designers who have worked on previous kaiju films and their Ultraman properties. So they really committed hard to making the 12 episodes as good as possible even if they weren't sure if it was going to be successful or not. And I really, really hope now that it's proven to be successful, God, more people watch Toku, please. (laughs) You're damn right they committed to it. They used their IP to license body pillows for underage characters. So yeah, they definitely fucking committed to it. Ah, Jesus Christ, man. I don't know know how much that's Subaraya and how much that's Trigger. It's probably Trigger. Yeah, because Tsuburaya is committed so hard to being family-friendly for I was just about to say that. I was just everything a, they've made. Yeah, I was literally just about to say that. Like, Tsuburaya, like, as a company, have a very family-friendly image. That, you even, that even reflects in Ultraman. Like, even, even though, um, like, Ultraman Orb had some quite dark elements in it, like, it was still quite kid-friendly. Hence why Orb Origin Saga, which is a much darker series, was effectively a Amazon Prime video exclusive because obviously it's away from where um, children can readily consume it. Obviously, Tsuburaya greenlit it, but in terms of the, their mainstream output, they are very much a family-friendly company. Whereas Trigger are the R. Kelly of anime studios. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're not. But yeah. like They're not that bad. Trigger have a much more raunchy image than Super Raya do as a company anyway. They know where their money comes from, and their money comes from really, really gross anime fans. Yeah, like massive otaku. and Like otaku there, obviously. Like lowlies as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Like me, I mean, uh, uh, what happened? <laughs> calm down, calm down. Jesus Christ, Lambo, like, man. Calm down. Me and him could be buying them Figmas, okay? We ain't the only pervert I'm for... <laughs> well that was the funny thing is as soon as those body pillow drop uh body pillow designs dropped the first thing i heard everybody making jokes about was we want a grid we want a grid man body pillow nope exactly nope <laughs> give me, give man i know, know lambo be snuggling up to a grid night body pillow <laughs> and he gotta be in the pose where his arms folded up as almost if he's doing his rise that's the only way i'm gonna sleep on it just, has, just, I have to sleep with like knowing comfort and security. Just, that's just, what I ask for in my pillows. How about so no like, body yeah, pillows in general? That door, he's gonna throw the hands. Like side note, uh, I have a Wakanda Black Panther throw pillow from Civil War, and I love it because it's got Black Panther on it, and I go to sleep on it on my couch, and I feel safe and secure. Cause you know what happens when I wake up? There's an actual Black Panther on my chest. Well, it's Pepper, but same difference. Close enough. So yeah, I'm glad that you guys like enjoyed Gridman as an anime. To me, it was definitely the best anime I watched this year. Anyway, like week to week. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, this is the only anime I've watched this year. <laughs> Does Thunderbolt Poss- Fantasy count? <laughs> Thunderbolt Poss- Fantasy is not an anime. Ah. Uh, 
Because that'd be Jeez. right up there for contention along Actually, with scratch that. Gridman is not the best anime I've watched this. Well, it's the best anime that came out in 2018 that I've watched this year. The best anime I've watched this year is definitely Full Metal Panic, without a shadow of a doubt. Hey, man, JoJo Part 5 just came out, Chief, so... <laughs> I'm 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 gonna throw that out there. I haven't even started on JoJo yet. It's like a slippery slope. I'll get onto it at some point, but at the moment, I'm like watching Mecha shit. Mob Psycho 100 huh? season two just dropped today. I still need to watch it. Yeah, but, but Gritman he's, was, he's got a podcast. He's, he's got to watch that Mecha stuff all the time. I feel it, man. I feel hey, dude, it. Don't just That's have a Mecha podcast, though, man. Like as you, this is the best Mecha podcast. I mean, not Mecha podcast. This is the best Mecha anime that I've seen this year. Because I haven't finished Bill Fighters. I, I don't really count SSSS Gridman as a mecha anime anyway. It's like mecha so adjacent. Call it then, no, dude, it's an... It's okay, a, mecha adjacent. Yeah, it's mecha a, light. It's an anime. anime. It's, it's not an Ultraman a, show. Yeah, pre, it's a tokusatsu adaptation. They make this con- constantly. It's an Ultraman show. It's, I don't <laughs> an animated Ultraman series. You're yeah. right. I don't consider it to be a mecha anime. I consider it to be an anime yeah. that features mecha. <laughs> There's okay, a difference. I'm with that. Because it doesn't really rely, even though obviously it has mecha in it, it doesn't really rely upon or use the tropes that are typically found in mecha anime, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, I feel it. Even though it is like, does have themes that are similar to Neon Genesis, even Gelion. But yeah, I feel like SSSS Gridman has like a much more hopeful bent to it. It's kind of similar to another mecha anime, which I absolutely love, called Razephon. If you haven't seen it yet, go and watch it. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah, dope. Have you, you haven't seen it yet, though, have you? Nope. Go and watch Razephon. It's like Ava, but better. I already promised people I'd watch um, Gal Gaigar next, so. You're going to watch Gal Gaigar? Oh, God, I binged that in like two days. Gal Gaigar no. is the most hype shit I've ever list. seen. It will go on my list. I remember when Pre promised me she'd have an anime watched by last December, and it's already next year. <laughs> <laughs> what anime was it? Anime. Katana Guitar. You're like, I'll get to it by the end of the year, and that was like a long ass time ago. No, I don't remember saying by the end of the year. I just said because I've had other people who have told me to watch that, so it's definitely on my list. Fair I enough. said it back when we were doing theater. That's how old it is. Oh wow. Jeez, yeah. I'm probably gonna like take a slight break from Mecha anime for a while. Well, maybe not a while. Maybe like the next thing I watch won't be Mecha. I'm gonna watch something called Anohana next, probably, which is like this slice of life coming of age thing. And there oh, are, there's on, not man. a I robot. There's not a robot in sight. So yeah, I can get you something better than slice of life. Let's go, <laughs> dude, man. Get come off that, man. It's actually a really good anime. Like. I've watched a lot of Slice of Life stuff. Like, one of my favorite anime of all time is called Welcome to the NHK, which is, like, probably one of the best Slice of Life anime I've ever seen. Welcome to the NHK is so fucking sick. You need to go watch that. It's by Gonzo. It's before Gonzo became shit. It was from 2006 when Gonzo were, like, when everything Gonzo made was a hit. In the 2000s, everything Studio Gonzo made was just, like, like hit after hit after hit. I'm going to keep it real with you. I don't like Slice of Life because I see it do one of two things to people. They either become super depressed after watching it, or they're way too overjoyous after watching it. <laughs> I mean, Gonzo made um, an anime that me and Lambo talk about all the time, Vandred, his dad's favorite mecha anime. Gonzo made Vandred. They made the first season of Full Metal Panic. They made Welcome to the NHK, and so on and so forth. I think they made Mahoromatic as well. Maybe? Not sure. I can't remember. But yeah, Gonzo made a lot of good shit in the 2000s. A lot of good shit. But, One of my personal favorite slice of life is Barakamon. It's about calligraphy, and the dude gets sent to an island. 
So he's like in this quote unquote backwater place while he's from Tokyo and he has to like kind of reinvigorate himself. It's pretty good, Chief. It's pretty good. I believe you, Chief. So on that note, uh, where can we find you guys on the interwebs? Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Lambo underscore Calris. You can find me on the YouTubes at just Lambo Calris. Most recent explain we did was finally part three. It took me all of last year to finish it. And Jesus. then I dropped it on New Year's, so that was good. If you guys want to hear me talk about writer stuff, definitely check it out over there. I do some Super Sentai stuff from time to time. And don't listen to Meta. Please watch Ryder. That's how I get a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Metafactor. You can find the old YouTube at the Metafactor. Blah blah. And uh, do not watch Ryder. If you if you do, it har- it harms children or something. You support black businesses when you watch Ryder. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the Macabre Chap. You can find Sentai Five on Twitter at Sentai Five. You can find Sunglass Pre on Twitter at Sunglass Pre. You can find Buildcasters on Twitter at buildcasters and you can find legion of boom on twitter at legion of boom that's leg one zero n of boom you can find lambo's podcast network that he didn't mention at kaidan network is that correct hey man yeah man we're doing a rebranding right now i don't feel the need to do it real quick no i just wanted to shout you out anyway man because you always supporting speaking of your videos um it would be kind of cool if you did like an explain sssss gridman video and me and five would like we would love to help you on that i hope you write the script i'll obviously got a mic so i can do voice i've got several i've got more mics than i know what to do with to be honest well dude why don't you have a studio you know what that's something we need to talk on afterwards yeah, we last thing we need that. to talk is I want to plug Pre's blog. Yeah. It's capes and cool scars.wordpress.com. So check that out too. Yep, you should check that out. Um, if you can, please go onto iTunes and leave us a review. Five stars if possible. It'll help us get up the iTunes rankings and it will help more people discover our podcast. On Twitter, Kaidan Network is at Kaidan underscore network. I was incorrect previously. And on that note, Bill Caster's out. Say bye, guys. Peace. Goodbye. Peace. This podcast was brought to you by Legion of Boom, the podcast network for everything hero. This episode was produced by the Macabre Chap and Sentai 5. With music provided by Jenga. Battle ended. ended. Battle ended.